Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Pause and Effect podcast, your go-to for all things pet-related. I'm Dr. Cara, and today we have an incredibly special treat for our loyal listeners. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to take a moment to talk about something that has been causing quite a buzz in the pet world lately. Have you heard about the harvest table? If you've been following our previous episodes, you might remember our enlightening conversation with Bronwyn Anderson, the marketing manager at the harvest table. They've recently launched a remarkable new range of pet products. And folks, you do not want to miss this. I've had the pleasure of learning about their innovative collagen powder for pets, and it's truly impressive. But here's the deal. To fully grasp the significance of this new range, I highly recommend checking out their previous podcast with Bronwyn Anderson. It's packed with insights about how the harvest table is contributing to the pet industry. So here's your mission if you choose to accept it. Listen to that previous episode and trust me, you'll be just as excited as I am about their new pet products. It's like a game changer for our furry friends. And after you've done that, be sure to explore their new range. It's all about keeping our pets healthy. The Harvest Table has some fantastic options to help with just that. All right, now that we've got that covered, let's dive into today's episode. We have a very special guest joining us from the state-of-the-art centre, Equine Librium, in the picturesque areas of Hillcrest KZN. Lee is a passionate and highly qualified small animal veterinary physiotherapist. Lee is part of the dynamic team at Equine Librium, a centre that prides itself on the highest standards of animal care. Having received training at Equine Librium and being registered with the South African Veterinary Council, Lee is at the forefront of animal physiotherapy. She's here to enlighten us about the world of small animal physiotherapy, its science-based approach and the diverse modalities used, and how it can profoundly impact the lives of our beloved friends. Welcome, Lee, to the Pause and a Pet podcast. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's, it's wonderful to be here. <laughs> Very, very excited to talk to you. So you are a physiotherapist. A veterinary physiotherapist, I yes. like that. So yeah. there is a distinction between physio, human, and vet. Yes. Um, just like in normal humans, there's human physio, and then you go to the doctor. Um, we do the physio side for the animals, and then all the veterinary and medical stuff you go to the vet for. That's great. So yeah. is it totally different training or is it the same and then you no, specialise? No, it's, it's very different. Um, so we all studied at Equine Librium, which is a collagen pledge. Um, I think it's the only one in the world um, where you can go straight. Um, so we, it's a four-year BSc. Um, so yeah, we four years of studying and then out in the world and practising our trade. So it's anatomy from equine to Canine, all the smallies. Yeah. We do some feline as well, so but it's all pretty, pretty similar. Okay, that's um, great. And I've yeah. checked out your facilities. You've got quite a nice yeah. setup. Where oh. you're based, where? We are two A Stonehill Road under St Hilliers Vets. Um, we literally the story below them. Um, so yeah, and it's 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 been a bit of a process, but we are up and running. So it's lovely. We have all sorts of equipment um, to make, uh, you know, when the pets come in to make everything work together. Yeah. And are you doing both equine, obviously, and small animal physiotherapy still? Do you offer both services, or are you yes. specialising more in the... No. Um, so there is somebody in the clinic now all the time. Um, it's, it's obviously been a bit slow, and we've kind of just been doing our own thing and fitting in, you know, our equine clients and then canine clients. But now we have a set 
um, program where somebody's in there all the time. So if people want to make bookings, all they do is they phone. The ladies upstairs answer the phone and they book you in whenever whenever you need That's or good. whenever suits you. Um, so, yeah. And then we all obviously, you know, on our days off, not really days off, but then we go in and cater our equine clients. So are there any emergency type situations where you're called upon to sort of help at short notice or is it something that can be quite sensibly um, scheduled? We do every now and then get an emergency um, where we do kind of just say, oh, Sherbert, sorry, we do actually need to go. Um, but most of the things are scheduled appointments. Um, so, yeah. So let's talk about the offering. What do vet physiotherapists do? What is a normal day for you? <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, a client will generally come in, whether it's small animal, large animal. Uh, we, so we travel to our large animals, obviously. Um, and we'll do a full assessment, um, a gait analysis, um, and then we offer, we'll tailor make a treatment um, to whatever that animal needs or requires. Um, so. so it involves what a f- like a full clinical examination, yes, yeah. possibly um, history from another yes, practitioner. Yeah. You work quite closely um, with the vets. We try to, yes. It's been a bit of a, a, bit of a struggle, but we're getting there and um, we, we, we are working quite, quite closely now to, to try and show them how we can benefit them and work with them um, and not try and take any clients from them. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we work quite closely now with Dr. Rourke um, and it's actually been wonderful. Um, Dr. Rourke's upstairs. upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he'll often do a surgery and say, oh, Lee, this one needs some physio. Can you come up? And we'll go and really ice laser, passive range of motion. Um, yeah, and just try and get that animal healing as fast as possible. Um, so, yeah, and then obviously we carry on the physio, try to carry on the physio, depending on whether the client actually wants it. Um, we do recommend it um, to to get that animal up and going as fast as possible. That's great. Um, and as functionally as possible. Yeah. Um, so, so I think, yeah. you know, obviously this is now the fact that we've got this offering, we can now start talking about it and promoting it. But, you know, yes. without you guys, we... <laughs> Possibly had to just yeah. deal with our nurses and our sort of in-house team to yeah. try and support our pets. But I would have yeah. assumed that anything that's been recumbent, um, i.e. collapsed within the practice, had any surgery, yeah. um, animals what in pain, aging pets. Give us, give us typical cases you see. Um, so obviously we're getting quite a lot of post-op now. Okay. Um, we've got quite a few geriatric um, and then we actually are running a weight loss special, which Dr. Rourke is pushing quite a lot because a lot of the issues come from the dogs, actually dogs and cats, smallies, being overweight. Um, so we are running that at the moment. Um, yeah, and then just general maintenance. We have quite a few agility dogs in, quite a few attack dogs in for, again, just maintenance. Um, owners who obviously just want to make sure that their dog is functioning at, at, their, at their prime, at their optimum. Um, I so, love that. So yeah. it's quite a wide range. Of yeah, yeah. And everything is all tailor-made. You know, we don't have a, uh, this is what you do for each each dog. Um, yeah. We obviously assess and then tailor-make the treatment um, and the exercise program to what will work for that dog. And what works for one dog often doesn't work for another dog. So we, we're quite versatile in how we try to approach everything.
Welcome back to Just For Pets. You're with Dr. Cara. Hi, Doc. It's Justin the Jack Ross here. And boy, am I itchy. Are you on a hypoallergenic diet? Hyper what now? Changing to a special diet will really help. And Just For Pets have a massive range. And flea and tick medication, special shampoo. Oh, how quick can you get some? Order today and we'll deliver pronto. I feel better already. Justforpets.co.za Vet approved, pet adored. Get it all to your door. Let's get back to our conversation on the Pause and Effect podcast. So what are the modalities that you've got available to you that you can consider in so, your... So, yeah, take us through. So many toys. <laughs> so, yeah. so obviously, you know, in terms of physio, um, maybe the listeners will, will think of, you know, physiotherapists, the kind of physio that they're having, which is, you know, tissue massage and manual yeah. manipulation. Yeah. What, yeah. T- what other things um, are available to you? So I saw a lot of electro <laughs> stuff, which can seem a bit scary and shockwave stuff. So yeah. tell us, explain <laughs> each modality we, if you we, can. We do offer a lot, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, and we also do offer a lot of manual, okay. um, so so that's a big part of our treatments. Um, we have laser therapy, we have TENS or EMS. Um, Paige, my colleague, who we'll chat to a bit later, actually Faradic to dog, uh, Faradic or wing screen, or they call it transceiver as well. It's a type of electrotherapy. Um, we've got a shockwave. Um, <laughs> there's a whole a whole host um, and then one of the main things that we have been using is the underwater treadmill which is just we've had the most amazing results with it um, and if I'm not mistaken we are the only people in Natal with one and it's very um, impressive yeah it's very cool <laughs> it's very very cool so. I'm dying to see a cat in there <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just got this be. image of a cat walking in the underwater <laughs> Or trying to climb out. Yeah. I, I don't know. So you can use the treadmill with or without water. That's yes, the benefit. So it's actually um, got both. As long as there's a little bit of water in the bottom just to keep the tread wet, okay. um, we can use it without water in there. Um, but the water kind of adds a whole new dimension to them. Like this morning I had a little a little um, Maltese who was very snappy, tried to eat me. But in the treadmill she was kind of, sorry, he was kind of like, oh, no, Okay. I can't snap. I've actually got to focus here. Um, and there was a quite a bit of appropriate. He wasn't using a leg. He had a femoral head and, oste- head and neck osteotomy um, and it's not using the leg. Okay. Um, but in the treadmill, he kind of forgot about his leg and started using it. That's so, fantastic. Yeah, just as a whole new dimension. So it's really cool. So yeah. you're a lot of really positive case studies from Very. the work that you're doing, which I think, yeah. you know, word of mouth is so important. You know, when you get a positive <laughs> response to something, you'll tell your friends. <laughs> Yeah. So how does it vary? Obviously, you can explain to people. You can say, look, you need to go and do these exercises. Yes. You need to yeah. rest or you've got to. So how, like, obviously, the communication with the owners is, is so paramount. But um, what what is the other approach in terms of making sure, for example, you're not bitten? You know, like, how do you how do you go about it such that you actually get them or get clients to get the most out of the treatment? Oh, so with with regards to like not being bitten and a lot of dogs go to the vet and they kind of oh my gosh every time we go here we get stuck by a needle or sedated or x-rays or moved in ways we don't want to be moved and the dogs often come into us really really nervous um so the first treatment we offer you or the session we often don't do a lot of actual treatment it's it's quite a lot of acclimatizing um and 
then we start actually getting in. And so, so we do need more than one. Um, so good positive reinforcement, yes, talking, exactly. petting, not suddenly manipulating yeah, yeah. or hurting. And <laughs> snacks help a lot. Snacks. And, <laughs> but yeah, eventually, well, quite quickly, the dogs actually learn that they run in. They leave their owners in the car and mm-hmm. they come, come in by themselves. And they're actually really, really happy to be there. Um, but in terms of like owner communication, it just makes our dogs, our job so easy. Um, if the owners actually go home and do the exercises that we get given. Um, (laughs) I have a client who I've given these exercises to. I'm I'm out of exercises to give her because she just, she does them all and the dog is brilliant at them. And the dog is so nice and strong, but it still comes in every two weeks just for the treadmill um, and for some pain management. And yeah. People follow instructions, they get it right. It's so easy. (laughs) So easy. Um, And it it, it helps the dogs. Uh, she's instead of going step one two three you know every week they come mm. they go one to three and you see major improvements between very the sessions. quickly yeah. and do you keep in communication with the owners through the process i mean do you talk in between sessions or we try to um we often say to owners you know if you have a problem or an issue please just you know drop us a message send us a video mm. we'll try and help while we can and you know over the phone we'll help as much as we can um yeah, and if there's something a little bit more hectic, we say, oh, listen, this is not looking so right. I think you should go to the bed. Okay. Um, so there is a lot of, you know, communication with regards to referring back to vets, um, which is which is important, you know. Oh, we're not getting the results we want, so maybe the dog's pain isn't being managed properly, mm-hmm. so can, can you please take your dog back to the vet? Um, and we'll often give the vet a call and say, listen, this is what we're say- seeing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's coming in regularly. I don't think the pain's been managed properly. Is there something else we can do with regards to medicating the dog um, in a different way that might help? Um, so, yeah. Some of the stuff is also sort of managing um, an owner's expectations, yeah, expectations of it. So yeah. we were speaking um, previously about the fact that a lot of the things you see are maybe end-stage um, yeah. problems in care. People just trying that last... Yeah. resort to try and make their pets comfortable yeah so we do get a lot of those and we can help them as much as we can mm-hmm. um but it is a conversation that we do try to have with the the um the owners and the clients that is your dog's quality of life declining or maintaining a, a kind of you know it's all right Mm. Um, but as soon as it starts to decline we do try and prep the owners a little bit as to you know this is the decision well not the decision this is the the way you're going to have to start maybe thinking about it Um, Mm. so that then also makes the vet's conversation with the owner a lot easier and they're hearing it from multiple sources and start emotionally preparing for it and knowing that they've actually tried and they're doing what they can to that's that's the big thing you know okay, we've done everything um, that you possibly can. And sometimes people just need to know that they have tried every avenue, whether it's mm. I don't know, acupuncture or physio or mm. some holistic thing. You know, they want to try it um, just so that in their hearts they know that okay, yeah. we've done everything and this really is the last, the last thing. And we also, you know, try and tell them it's, it's a gift you can give your dog. Um, it's it's something that we can do for them. We can't do it for ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's often the kinder thing to do. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hard. hard <laughs> very, to very deal with those hard, cases. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 
and <laughs> I don't know I'm an emotional person I feel it myself yeah um, even if I haven't seen the dog over and over and over again I still you're forming a connection uh, with yeah right? it's it's so hard I had one on Sunday um oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was very hard mm. um but it was what was best for the little doggy in the end so mm. and you tried yeah. tried everything yeah. you could and then still you know try to be there for the owners and say listen mm. it is you have made the right decision here you know it, for me there's sometimes a lot of mm, ums and ahs in the owner's head oh is it actually the right thing should I should I be trying a little bit more should I mm. a lot of guilt and a lot yeah of sort of yeah and you, and you know I feel it at myself as an owner mm. as, a, as a pet owner and a horse owner you know mm, is it um isn't it do I try one more thing um and it's it's yeah it's not an easy thing to do no mm. so what are the things that you teach owners um from old to young athletic dogs that see you what do you teach them to do at home so obviously it's um like i know from my very limited knowledge of physio <laughs> that you get sent home with a set of instructions <laughs> yeah. and uh, an expectation you're going to do the exercises what are the the practical things that you teach owners to do that within their limitations so it's obviously quite um individual um, but one of the main things that we do try to focus on is like core strength and hind quarter strength. Um, and they're really easy exercises that the owners can do at home. Okay. Um, just super, super simple. So it's not anything, you know, hectic until you've kind of reached the stage where, okay, my owner does know what they're doing now. Mm. Um, and they can, they can follow the instructions and you, you show, obviously show them in the session how to do it. And then you send them home with with that um, but again it's 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 quite individual whether we are geriatric or we are post-op or we are now trying to do conservative management of something or um, we're trying to build hindquarters to slow down um, hip dysplasia or, or mm. arthritis in the hips um, so yeah but one of the main things is core strength um, just like us humans <laughs> and obviously um, it's quite a uh, a wide answer to this I already know before I'm asking you yeah. but typically how how frequently do you see these patients I mean I know that you obviously want to try and resolve them to a point where you don't have to but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, do people have to anticipate that they need to embark on a series of, of consultations or yeah so normally we like to see them quite often within the first few months uh, first few months just to just to try and almost kick start the process um, and then we can taper it down from there according to the Response. The, the, yeah, the response and also the financial need of the owner um, mm. because that does play quite a big role. Um, so so if the owner can only bring the dog once a month, then we see them once a month and we send them home with exercises to do. And again, listen, if you've got any problems or the dog suddenly doesn't want to get up or suddenly doesn't want to jump on the couch or suddenly doesn't want to do something, please send us a video mm. and we can try and help you from there. Um, so yeah, we do... Yeah, again, it is Relying also communication. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and also quite very depending mm. on on what we are seeing. And now a word from our amazing sponsors, who make the Pause and Effect podcast possible. To make a promise implies trust. To make a pledge creates expectation, and to make a commitment initiates responsibility. For more than twenty-five years, we have made it our mission to take the ifs, buts, and maybes out of premium pet food. That's why our experts put the best science behind our food, so your pet's health is put first. That's why when you seek value, we strive to give you more, like protecting your pets with our free accident benefits. 
And when you need great tasting food, our fresh meat taste delivers. You see, what sets us apart is not one thing, it's all these things combined. Because we understand that when it comes to your pet's health, you don't want doubt and uncertainty. You want absolutes, the absolute best given your means, like premium veterinary quality food of real value that doesn't cost an arm and a paw. So rest assured that any claim we make, we stand by. It's our commitment to your pets and our promise to you. In fact, we're so confident in what we stand for that we have made the ultimate promise to you. It's called the Ultra Pet Promise, 100% money back guarantee, a no ifs, no buts, and no maybes kind of promise. We call it our satisfaction guarantee. Let's get back to our conversation on the Pause and Effect podcast. And obviously you're registered with the South African Veterinary Council, um, which is great. So are vets and that shows (laughs) that you guys know know what you're doing and you're accountable. (laughs) Um, What are the limitations? So obviously in terms of dispensing things, where where does it... Um, So we can't obviously we're not allowed to do any diagnostics Um, we can't um, dispense medication or prescribe medication that's all in the vet scope of practice we're also not actually allowed to do acupuncture um, or dry needling um, that also falls under the vet scope of practice Um, hopefully in the future uh, equine librium will be doing a postgrad in that um, that's exciting very and, exciting. And is there continuous, like like the vets, there's the CPD's expectations. Yes, so you yeah. guys are constantly renewing your knowledge. Yes, and yeah. We're on a three-year cycle and we do have to keep up those CPDs, otherwise we lose our registration. Um, and so, for, yeah. for people who are interested in perhaps pursuing it as a career, is it something that, you know, obviously you speak to a vet and they might be like, no, don't, or, <laughs> you know, have you enjoyed it as a career? Oh, I've loved it. Um, it's oh, it's quite a new profession, so there have been lots of challenges. Um, like for your human physios, it's, you know, you graduate and then you can go and join a practice. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it, we've had to kind of build that. Um, but we are up and running now, so it should be easier for people in the future um, to, to actually get into it. And again, it's also a new profession, so there's not a lot of awareness. I mean, no. there's a couple of vets around that we've had referrals from, well, had referrals from that the owners are like the vets didn't even know you guys exist no, no i'm sorry it's quite <laughs> quite new to yeah. like our thinking yeah. because it just has never been offered so yeah. um, um, i think it's great i mean the more i learn about it and the more we've spoken it's there there's there's so many benefits <laughs> i mean i like okay i want to go into because I'm, yes. uh, we could talk for hours and hours yes. about this i yeah. love it but let's talk about your weight loss clinic that's a great thing for us to talk about yes. because let's not always assume that the physiotherapy is there for animals in pain um, or post-op or whatnot. You're doing it for both athletic dogs or service dogs and then weight management. How does that work? (laughs) So so many problems arrive or are exacerbated because the dogs are overweight. Yes. Um, And and there's been a recent study out that most pet owners actually perceive their overweight or obese dog as being normal. So our our standards have now changed. Um, so it's also a lot of owner education. It's a fight I have with my mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> About her, one of her dogs. Um, 
So do you show them the chart? Uh, <laughs> even if you sort of show them, how do you teach them? them? Hard. What's your advice for teaching owners that their pets are? And how do you I approach want to see the your subject? Rips, but I don't want to feel them. So do you? Are you? Are you blunt? Do you say, "Listen, your pet is overweight." Sometimes you have to be. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm just asking. Sometimes you have to be with owners. Listen, you're going to run into a lot of problems because your dog is overweight. Okay. Um, If we manage the weight, uh, we can manage the problems far easier. Okay. Um, So So you talk about the benefits of them. Yes. Yeah. And about uh, also sometimes you, I don't want to say scare the owners, but (laughs) you know, if we don't manage the weight, this is what's probably going to happen. Hard truths. Yeah. Mm. Um, But then you do get those owners where you, you have to be a little bit more gentle and subtle and so listen, we think your dog could possibly benefit from losing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will come with time and it's something we can work together with and, you know, manage together. Um, but, yeah. Okay. Um, we also have a scale in the clinic now, so that's quite a nice way to... So you to, start, you pop yes. them on a scale. They've obviously been educated in terms of yes. weight reduction yes. diets. And yeah. then what is, the, what is the process? What do you do? Um, again, I'm trying to picture it. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's very dependable on how your dog is yeah <laughs> um but we give them an exercise program and then also we s- try to send them back to the vet to obviously prescribe a certain diet um whether it's hills mobi- mobility metabolic plus um it's one i love personally because i've had experience with it but uh, you know that's something for the vets to discuss with 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 the client um as to and then another another thing is i, I don't know but owners tend to feed the dog to the weight that they currently are, which is a big no-no. So if we're trying to get a 40 kg dog down to 30 kgs, you've got to feed them to a 30 kg dog. Yes, they're going to look at you like they're starving, (laughs) but they will be fine. They're overweight. There's lots of reserves there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that that education is also quite important. Mm. Um, So yeah, no. Are you feeding your dog to... 40 kgs or to 35 kgs. I mean, you see remarkable changes, obviously, both in energy levels and comfort levels. Yeah, just personally, again, dogs at home that have been overweight and have actually had bilateral cruciate surgery, Mm. just completely lethargic. Mm. The dog has lost five kgs and it's a brand new dog, uh, just running and happy and just got so much more energy and yeah yeah, just a happy happy dog so they end up on your treadmill how long do they stay on the treadmill (laughs) i'm like picturing this dog like running yes so you can't suddenly go into all Mm. this exercise Mm. because the dogs are overweight Um, so we we build them up and then uh, hopefully they would with along with the diet lose Mm. the weight with all the exercise that they'll be doing um and you can't just you know it's not just once every two weeks it's got to be quite an intensive thing because mm. you, you don't go for a run and lose no weight. such a pity <laughs> unfortunately very unfortunately <laughs> i wish it was like that um but yeah um so we we do introduce them and build them up mm. um to a, to a to a place where that they are losing weight um, and then maintain until we reach reach the weight that we want or ideal weight um, and then we either maintain it at that as long as it's not moving more or we taper off a little bit. Um, I think that um, could be wrong here, but I think that goes with the mm. diet as mm. well. Um, so talk so about the, the offering that you have. You've got a, a special on it, the, the practice at the moment, don't oh, you? We do, but I don't know the, no, the you don't know the details, details of it. We'll get it, we'll put it, we'll put it as part of the... I think 
there we go. Twenty percent off if yes, you pay sorry. for ten sessions. <laughs> I think I that's great. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, yeah. it gives people an opportunity to come yeah. try it, see yeah. your facilities, and um, and then they also come in regularly. Yeah, um, which is what we need to lose the weight. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. very good. So. You obviously probably get a lot of referrals now from people who have used physios um, with their horses because for some reason there was a lot more sort of availability of physios for horses yeah. or maybe um, owners expecting their horses to be at a performance level and them not it. needing this yeah. possibly. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a runner suddenly getting an injury, you'll go yes, and seek yeah, it for his pets. Or, you know, jumping at high levels and mm. or my horse isn't feeling quite right, so, mm. you know. So what sort of yeah. cases will you see? Will it, will it be from my dog's got a, a limp and it's not associated with anything that the vet can manage? You know, are, are we seeing sort of minor things that you're, you're comfortable dealing with? Or So, you know, if there's any, any lameness that we feel, oh, most of it we would like a diagnosis because then you, you've kind of got a, a, a level that you know, okay, you know exactly what you're dealing with here. Mm. But I've had a couple of clients who have come in and I've, they haven't wanted to go to the vet for financial reasons or whatever reason it is. Um, and I, I kind of feel as long as the pain has been managed, um, I'm, I'm sort of all right and happy to deal with it. But we do generally try, listen, please go to the vet for a diagnosis mm. um, just so that we know what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, and then, because oh, you, you <laughs> don't want a cruciate, it, ha- it happened to me. <laughs> don't want to... You know, or I, you know, I'm suspecting a cruciate, um, and then the, you're treating the cruciate, and I, I had been prompting the the owner to go back to the vet, and it turned out not to be a cruciate. It turned okay. out to be a torn collateral ligament in the hock. Wow. Um, so treating completely wrong thing. Mm. Um, because the owner's possibly trying to save yeah, money, it, or because they didn't really want to go back back to the vet, mm. and I, you know, please go back to the vet. This dog isn't showing any improvement. Like. Mm. We, you know, there's only so much we can do um, without a diagnosis, um, and yeah, it turned out to be <laughs> that. Um, I'm not kicking myself because there are limitations to anyway. Can, yeah. <laughs> but at least you know, at least we went back to the vet and got a diagnosis. So now, now I now I know what to treat um, and how to treat, mm. and the hopefully the improvement will be so much better and so much faster mm. because we now are on the right path. Mm. Um, and are there medical aids that assist people who are struggling? They are. They are. They, I think MediPet is one that does cover. There are a few that covers, okay. that do cover, um, but they, they do cover. So it's where people physio- contacting their insurance yes. company and yeah. saying, yeah. they listen. And then they send us a form, we fill out the form, and it's normally a pretty simple process. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they do cover. So they sometimes just need to get a pre-approval or whatever just to, yes, to know yeah. that they are. Yeah. And then... Yeah. Because well, that's I think people forget that that might be an option. Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and any anything you want the listeners to know that um, we haven't covered in terms of why they should seek a physiotherapist? A vet me. Physiotherapist. Stick to our I'm sorry. Sooner rather than later, maybe? Prevention's better than cure. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of the stuff we do see is maintenance. Um, so, yeah, as I said, prevention's better than care. And rather come and speak to you and mm. you say, look, no, you're fine, you know, yeah, then, then yeah, have a situation where yeah. you could be really assisting. And, yeah, also if it's not fine, we can say, oh, listen, you do actually need to go to the vet for this. Um, yeah. And to the vets out there who don't know about you, <laughs> 
You're very approachable. <laughs> yes, yes. <we're> friendly. <laughs> we just want to help the dogs. Yeah. Not, and it's yeah. nice to have a collaborative sort of approach to, very, to managing so pain helpful. and discomfort. So, so helpful. Yeah. And yeah. I think it bridges a gap, often a communication gap very that the vets so. don't have when they their patients leave them you know often yeah. you, you're like oh I'll see you for your follow-up and you know you may yeah, not for whatever reason if they're fine you don't you know you have to yes. phone them and like it's everything okay yeah. whereas yeah. this is a great way for some sort of monitoring of the response mm. to to the treatment and sort of Very intervention much. when it's not maybe yeah. going to plan hey it, it also it, it just helps you know if, if they've gone for surgery or whatever mm. um, and they're like oh please come back for a follow-up in four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is I've had so many that they've gone back to the vet and they're like, it's a different dog. It's life-changing. It's, it's amazing. Don't stop the physio. Yeah. was one of the, the comments. <laughs> Don't that stop. one of my clients come back, came back with, oh, the vet says we mustn't stop the physio because, no, the, the improvement has just been it's working. amazing. Working so don't well. stop. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm so impressed yeah. with what you're, you're doing and offering. Yeah, and I really wish you guys the absolute success that you deserve. Oh, you. Um, I, I certainly will be um, referring some of my, <laughs> my patients you. to you. <laughs> I'll definitely uh, refer them back. <laughs> but, uh, particularly when we... Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know why there is this sort of... This yeah. threat of I think everybody's so scared about... Um, yeah, no, I think we, you know, we need to definitely take a, an approach where yeah. we're working together. No, uh, just a team approach... And we've seen, we've, we've seen it in the horses, you know, over and over again with the vet, the physio, the farrier, the caro. Everybody works as one. And, and all of a sudden you have this hugely successful animal competing at top levels mm. and they just maintain so well. So, yeah, it really is a team approach. Mm. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can help, help all the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one. <laughs> Top performance, yeah, to pain relief. Geriatric, to your post-op, to, yeah. I don't know, the little puppy who's coming because mom's worried it's being just a puppy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you work from yeah. all ages, all breeds, yes. yeah. cat and dog. Yeah, and I, oh, just on the puppy note, it's so easy to stop them early. So if there is a problem, they already mm. know how to do their exercises on a ball. Mm. <laughs> and so it helps with, I think, also mm. when you're working, you're more more aligned with your pet and you're monitoring things you know yes, that's yeah. that connection that you can have with your pets and yeah yeah and we, sometimes for, and I, again I've seen it myself you know you see you see your animal every single day so you don't notice a subtle change mm. um but if you know seeing a dog once a week or it's maybe not doing so good this week mm. maybe it's time to go back to the vet and re-look at pain meds or oh she's doing great um let's carry on with what we're doing let's keep it as it is and yeah people leave feeling elated and yeah and happy yeah. and with a plan of action I, I kind of feel often that sometimes there is no plan mm. um it's just a wait and see there's a rehab plan but there's no like specific okay this is what you do mm. um, and these are the exercises that you need to do um on a daily basis this is how many reps you need to do this is exactly what the dog how the dog should be standing when you do them um, and yeah just basic like lifestyle and home maintenance you know home things that simple changes like instead of towels putting a carpet down mm. or instead of feeding your dog off the floor depending on what we often please feed it up so that it transfers weight to the hindquarters so that we are activating those muscles a little bit and doing exercises while the dog is eating. Mm -hmm. um, just small things like Practical that. Practical advice for pet yeah, owners. Yeah. So. Um, 
you know, no more jumping up and down the couch, please put a ramp. Mm. Um, no more jumping in and out the car. Yeah, no more ball throwing is a big one. Yes. Um, so so let, let's yeah. let's end on that ball throwing advice. Mm. To throw a ball or not, <laughs> from definitely, a pet physio's perspective. not. Why? Oh, it's, it's just too variable, you know, hits a little divot and it bounces off that way and if you have a dog like mine it just it goes it's that rotational movement and she has a partially torn cruise and she absolutely despises me because we don't throw the ball anymore but we are now managing it Um, i think it's been six months and there's been no major decline um just with that one simple exercise of not throwing the ball and I'm pretty sure that's how she did it (laughs) Um, and parting advice for people who want to stay active with their their dogs the best form of activity uh, take your dog on lead for a run love it um but again not the run I mean (laughs) the advice (laughs) the advice (laughs) (laughs) not a keen runner yeah but please don't go 10ks yeah (laughs) um monitor your dog you know if you do 500 meters and your dog comes back absolutely exhausted and sore three days after Mm. maybe don't do the 500 walks and then yes yeah yeah. um that's great advice bring it to us yeah Um, then you defies them based on the breed and the age and whatnot Um, you can use the treadmill as well and we see dogs on a regular basis so we know the signs of a dog getting tired um and then we can advise you from there fantastic (laughs) yeah thank you so much lee thank Thank you for for your time there's so much we can tap into (laughs) in further podcast episode (laughs) thank you thank you very much and all the best (laughs) fingers crossed (laughs) it's gonna be a great success i can tell thank you thank you for joining us on this journey into the world of pet health and well-being We hope you found today's episode with our fantastic guests as insightful as we did. If you are as passionate about pet health as we are, here's how you can make a difference. Follow, like, and share our podcast content. By doing so, you're not only staying connected with us, but you're also helping us gauge your interest and enthusiasm for future episodes. So hit that follow button on your preferred podcast platform to ensure that you never miss an episode. This way you'll stay up to date with the latest insights and tips for keeping your furry companions happy and healthy. You can also follow me on Instagram under the handle at UltraPetVet. If you've enjoyed today's episode or found it informative, show your support by giving us a thumbs up or a five-star rating. Your likes and positive feedback inspire us to continue delivering valuable content. Please consider sharing this episode with your friends, family or fellow pet enthusiasts. It's a simple yet impactful way to spread knowledge and make a positive impact on the lives of pets everywhere. Your engagement is our fuel and it helps us understand what topics matter to you. So let's work together to create a community of pet lovers dedicated to the health and happiness of our beloved companions. Thank you for being part of the Pause and Effect podcast family. Together we can make a world of difference to our furry friends. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes and remember your pet's well-being is our top priority. We have an exciting announcement to make. We are looking for guest speakers who are passionate about the pet industry and sponsors to support future episodes. Are you an expert in pet training, nutrition or behaviour? Maybe you're a veterinarian with insights to share, a pet store owner with unique experiences or a pet product inventor. We want to hear from you. The Pause and Effect podcast is a platform for industry professionals like you to showcase your knowledge, experiences and stories. 
As a guest speaker on our podcast, you'll have the opportunity to share valuable information, engage with our audience, and have your voice heard in the pet community. Whether you want to discuss training techniques, emerging pet care trends, or the importance of mental stimulation for pets, we want to feature you and your expertise. So, if you're passionate about pets and have something to say, we invite you to join us on an upcoming episode of the Pause and Effect podcast. But wait, that's not all. The Pause and Effect podcast is also seeking sponsors to support our mission of educating and entertaining pet lovers worldwide. By becoming a sponsor, you'll gain exposure to our engaged audience and have your brand associated with the love and care that we have for our four-legged friends. If you own a pet-related business, offer pet products or services, or simply want to align your brand with our pet-loving community, we'd love to partner with you. As a sponsor, your brand will be featured prominently in our episodes and our social media channels. It is a great opportunity to showcase your offerings to a dedicated audience of pet enthusiasts. So whether you're an expert in the pet industry looking to share your knowledge or a business seeking to reach a pet-loving audience, we want to hear from you. To apply as a guest or to inquire about becoming a sponsor of the Pause and Effect podcast, please contact me at drkara at pauseandeffect.co.za. Get in touch and let's discuss the various opportunities. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to welcome our future guest speakers and sponsors to the Pause and Effect podcast. Remember, every episode is an opportunity to celebrate our four-legged friends.